Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go! Today, our guest is Swapnil Puranik, founder of Verbio Brand. Swapnil has a team focusing on helping businesses of all sizes to keep up with the pace of changing customer behavior. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Let's start with a little bit of background. Thanks, Satyana. Um, glad to be here. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll just give a brief background about myself, right? Uh, you know, it's been a pretty... Uh, you know, accidental discovery, you know, of the marketing world about, you know, about two decades back, uh, you know, I majored in biology, uh, you know, way back, uh, which essentially itself was, you know, uh, you know, it was a decision, you know, it was more of a hangover decision, you know, I could not get into the medical school that I wanted. And hence, I decided, you know, I would probably do a graduation in science, which I did. Uh, and during the final year, I discovered this entire, you know, world of marketing, where, you know, I was writing some copy, some content for college magazines, you know, and kind of just got hooked onto it. Uh, you know, that was in 2003. Uh, you know, today, you know, uh, it's about, you know, pretty fulfilling almost two decades of experience in marketing. Uh, yeah, so that's what, you know, that's like a brief background about me, you know. Uh, uh, I worked in agencies all my, you know, throughout the career, uh, you know, and right now I'm running Verbio Brand for almost three years now, which is, you know, where I work with startups and founders, you know, and help them get, you know, their customer experience and their growth, uh, you know, uh, help them get their growth channels more optimized. That's what I've been doing. So what what exactly do you do you do? How did you you after you you said some biology? Obviously that that that's far. Um, then you did some copy. Then you've worked with startups. So how did that come up as an idea? Focusing on exactly what you're doing now. Right. So uh, I think it's you know it's it, it it's been a series of stumbling blocks. You know. Uh, as I said, you know, biology was, uh, you know, something that I really, you know, cared about at the time. Uh, and then, you know, this entire love of, you know, how can, how you can write words to influence decisions and to influence minds. I think that kind of was pretty fascinating for me at the time, you know, as a, as a 19 year old, you know, if somebody were to say that, you know, you can write five lines and, you know, help somebody make, you know, make somebody purchase something, you know, a product mm -hmm. or a service. You know, that's quite liberating, right? Uh, you know, yeah. as somebody, you know, as a 19. Uh, and then, you know, I stuck with that for a fairly large amount of time. You know, I think the earlier three to four years of my career, I was in the creative field. Uh, but as you, you know, as I grew in the, you know, as I grew in the agency, right, you know, from a copywriter to a senior copywriter and so on and so forth, I realized that there is a lot of influence that strategies have, you know, in, you know, for, for brands to decide, you know, which creative would work, you know, what is the route and, you know, as you progress in your career, you know, you want to kind of double click on almost everything happening around you, right? Uh, you know, if I'm spent, uh, if I've spent certain hours coming up with a campaign idea and that campaign is not getting work or if that campaign is getting rejected, I really want to know why, right? Mm. And that's where, you know, I kind of got hooked onto this entire, you know, how do strategies work, right? I mean, how do, you know, one marketing person somewhere sitting, you know, who's not worked, you know, and it also, you know, kind of hurts your ego as a creative person to begin with, like, you know, how can 
person who doesn't understand you know anything about creative copywriting is you know saying no to my idea right mm. uh, then you know so i kind of deep dive onto that and then you know as you progress further you realize that uh there is a lot more you know to any marketing campaign right i mean creative is just probably one aspect of it but it's you know essentially what does the brand stand for you know what are the customer insights you know uh, what are the you know strategies how do you you know marry those strategies you know with the business goals with the revenue goals and so on and so forth uh, so i think that journey has you know uh, personally and professionally i think has been pretty fulfilling for me you know honestly uh, yeah so over the next you know i think about 10 12 years i you know uh, focused purely on uh you know on uh you know helping businesses you know get uh you know their positioning right you know helping them the customer you know helping them to get their customer insights and customer experience right and so on and so forth uh so that's how it's been uh and obviously you know there has been you know uh, i think it will be an understatement to say that you know the brands the way the brands communicate and the way the, the brands market now has changed considerably since i think 2014 2015 right i mean since the time that social media became all pervasive right so uh, whatever traditional marketers knew about content you know and consumer marketing that kind of just changed and i don't think that anybody was prepared for that level of uh, you know change to deal with uh, yeah so i think that's how you know uh, you know the progressive uh, you know uh you know my journey on the marketing field you know uh back to today right where uh in 2019 is when i decided that you know uh i think there is a lot of value for me to add to uh you know to work with individual founders and clients directly rather than being part of a larger organization and that's been you know the the synthesis of what i'm doing right now so that's fairly the 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 progress there How did you how did you come up with Verb your brand why, why that name Okay so that's pretty interesting uh you know as I was saying that uh, a lot of things were changing in the consumer marketing world right uh, uh, if if you are anyone you know who's done some amount of marketing in late 90s uh, you know uh, i think in fact uh, late 80s and late 90s you know you had this pretty strong you know notion about you know uh, having a pretty good brand name and then you know spending hours and months and millions of dollars to get that brand positioning right and then spend another million dollars to you know to get the brand campaign right and so on and so forth uh, all that to say that you know uh, people were trying to influence the consumer you know behavior and the way consumers perceived your brand right and it worked at the time but you know over the years right i mean especially since social media right i mean uh, uh i think audiences the your buyers they became much more aware of you know what they are buying into correct uh, the reason why you see the sudden shift of you know uh, traditionally you know cola brands or you know fmcg companies who've been you know uh, notoriously known for you know unhealthy drinks and unhealthy foods you know sudden the, the entire shift from unhealthy to health mm. i mean that all was you know it i think it was more of a push decision than a pull decision right i mean they realized that you know customers are pushing for that change and hence mm-hmm. they changed that entire you know uh, business strategy and the, you know the entire business models around that uh, so that started to happen pretty mainstream right and uh, i over the last few years you know i have actually come to believe in that notion that you can spend whatever you want to as a brand to create a very good sounding brand right uh but at the end if you are not 
true to what your values are to what your culture codes are you know and if you're not in sync with uh, in the, the macro and the micro trends you know which your users and your buyers are you know following uh, you would just end up being you know you will just end up being a good noun right like you know you would just remember the brand like you know you would remember them for all the reasons that you know it will not move the needle right from awareness to conversion uh and hence the whole idea of you know do you really want your brand just to be a noun or you really want to you know be known for for action right where mm-hmm. you know you are standing for what uh, you know what you say uh, people don't really care about your positioning statements you know people really care about what you have done right if there is a movement happening somewhere you know did you take a stand did you stand for the cause that your customers share and so on and so forth right so i think the actions are something which count more than good sounding words you know as opposed to two decades back to what it is right now uh so that kind of you know just it seemed pretty obvious right i mean you don't want you know you want your brand to stand for an action right so hence mm. verb your brand right where how can you help your brand take and you know it, it doesn't have to be really big it has to be those small nuanced subtle you know actions that you need to take for example it could be uh you know it could be as simple or small as you know what you say and what you do in your email marketing or on social media you know post and it could be as big as you know at a brand level like a global level what you do so mm. it's really up to that right i mean take actions and not just you know like spend your time and effort coming up with nice sounding lines which doesn't mm-hmm. do anything to anyone definitely agree with that and that's something that comes up more and more um in conversations that i have at work and also in in life as a as a consumer myself that that authenticity that we look for brands now it's not just enough to you know there, there used to be a time or old enough to remember where where you would just go and and get you know whatever i don't know your mother was getting or whatever you used to or whatever is cheaper or whatever is then we started looking at the brand name and it's like oh okay that's a brand i know that looks kind of okay and now you're like not just looking at the brand name and the history and your personal history with it but also like what are they doing today where do they stand on those issues that matter to me and and all of that is 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 running so quickly i i noticed that on your website as well you mentioned um how quickly consumers change and how hard it is for brand especially bigger brands actually not not only to to keep up with that change right and i think you know it's it's been trending i think you're absolutely right right i mean uh, i remember as a child you know you don't I I never questioned what you know you what your parents got into the house right i mean mm-hmm. you know and it also goes to do with the fact that you know uh, in india you don't really question your parents right so it's just the culture <laughs> right so so you know besides that as a fact uh, you know you don't really you don't really have any tools to access information right if you really wanted to know more about a certain brand right i mean you there was really no access to that right mm-hmm. i mean that has completely changed over the last whatever you know uh I think I I would like to say last 15 years but I think it's essentially it's on the last 5 to 6 years that you know people have really really you know started to speak with their actions right I mean people uh, I I think it's very easy to see where people are spending money mm-hmm. right I mean you know that's that's the best language that a customer can speak and the most powerful language at that right where they're putting their money in uh so that and also I think uh yeah I think I completely agree with you I think I so you've kind of encapsulated that really nice uh you know people are looking for you know uh, they want to 
they they want to partner with brands i think that's that's mm-hmm. that's the underlying current right i mean people really don't even if you're a small brand even if you're a d2c brand or you are a multi billion dollar legacy brand i mean people really want to see you as what you stand for you know what are you as a person right if 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 tomorrow uh, a cola brand wants to be you know like what would that cola brand look if it were a person right would mm-hmm. i be your you know would i be friends with you you know would i hang out with you or you know on a monday morning or a friday evening people just really want to connect more and more with the brands right yeah uh, and if they don't see that connect i think you know uh, there are you know way many options today than there were yeah. earlier so yeah and some another analogy i see in one to because you mentioned the verb your brand so basically effectively uh, in a way it's like living what you're saying it's not just about words branding nowadays right. it's not just about pretty words and pretty logos um and and like you said if you're not authentic if that brand doesn't have more than just that that's not going to save it um and i work with um with names and particularly premium domain names and that's often times something that um i say to people it's like the best domain names is not going to save you if you don't have a good product if you don't have an authentic brand it's it's not going to happen i mean obviously if you do have them that can be yeah. a huge advantage but if you don't it's not going to it's it's just not going to carry you through you know years of business in building a strong brand globally absolutely absolutely and i think uh, you know there is a lot to be said about you know the connection between uh, a good domain name and a good brand name right i mean you would often see that you know people would look at you know and i know i can you know i can talk about from my own experience that you know when i talk to you know uh you know founders you know or even if i talk to some of the brand heads right uh they would surprisingly enough they would look at both of these things you know in isolation you know mm. and that is quite surprising for me right i mean uh if you know uh, if 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 your brand sex but if your domain name does not represent that accurately or you know as effectively as as your brand what your brand stands for that i think you are just creating that friction from you know at level 0 right mm. i mean uh you know people would people would want to have domain names which are much more fancier right uh and you know uh, so uh, you know if if i can i can just probably share an example like you know one of the uh, founders i had a you know i, I was speaking to i think few days back uh, he's building a very cool you know b2b saas product uh, you know addressing uh, large scale enterprises you know it's an internal chat software that he's building and he's flying to market to you know probably you know folks 500 or so on and so forth uh, and it's his product you know it's it's pretty simple it's direct you know uh, you know so much to say that you know it's a pretty boring product it's an internal communications tool for a legacy enterprise company right mm-hmm. i mean there is nothing glamorous there is nothing sexy about it right i mean it's a pretty boring product but on the contrary you know he wanted a very fancy name you know and he booked about like five or six domain names you know with cool uh, you know uh, extensions like you know io and coms and it's like i genuinely don't think that house algorithm make a difference right i mean domain names are important they are you know a level zero of you know point of contact with anybody right i mean all your uh, prospective customers and users but at some point you know your domain name has to be in relevance or in alignment with what you are trying to offer you know mm-hmm. you cannot have 
you know, fancy.io and, you know, what do you say? We sell internal chat software. You know, it just doesn't connect. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. funny that, you know, people look at these things in isolation. I think domain name increasingly even more so, I think, with all these extensions that are available to us right now, I think uh, domain names serve you know, a very good conversation or an icebreaker, you know, so to, so to speak, right? And if you're smart enough, you would have a domain name which does not reveal exactly that what you do, but at least gives a fair amount of idea for the user, right? I mean, mm. they should know what they're getting into, mm. right? I mean, uh, if that makes sense. Or, yeah. And I'm sure that I you would have a much more insight on that. Yeah, I think the, the the first word you you used and it's very indicative because I think it's, it's kind of a naturally the first feeling you get is you, you mentioned the word friction, and and that's very much um, and again I, I say that to people find myself saying to that to to entrepreneurs I talk to often it's like you do have options now you do have options it's just you shouldn't like I, I wouldn't even go advising somebody to do this or do that. It's just be aware of that. It's an important decision. It's not just like, yeah, just get any domain name. No, be, be aware that it's an important decision. Be aware that it speaks for your company and what it means for, for your marketing, for your communication, for your security, for the security of your customer's data. So be aware of all of those things and then make an informed choice. It's, it's, it's just not a little detail. So it, it has to be in keeping with, with your brand. Like you say, it has to communicate. Um, I think there was a quote um, recently. So somewhere on, on our website, the, the girls were complying, compiling something, but it was uh, about Dave, Dave.com and it's a financial fintech business. And the, the, the founder was saying, when we started, we had trydave.com. It just doesn't work because I mean it's finance, it's serious. You want authority. It's like try Dave. It's it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's no, I, I, the company position, mission, what they're selling, etc. I completely agree. And uh, you know, just adding on to that point, right? I mean, today you know. There's this pretty nice, you know, email, uh, you know, uh, I think ISP got launched a few months back, you know, it just says, hey, right now, you know, I think the team behind uh, uh, Basecamp, I think they are the ones that they launch it. I'm not sure, you know, I, uh, I have to probably double check on that, but they launched this, you know, email service provider called, hey, now it may sound pretty trivial, right, as a, as a domain name, right, I mean, what does hey mean? But come to think of it, it's such a simple way of, you know, communicating what the product is, right? But their product mm. is email marketing. Their product is email, right? So hey makes perfect sense for that. So if your product offering, if your service offering, you know, goes in line with whatever name that you're looking for, I think, you know, by all means go for it. Uh, and then as I said, I mean, there are multiple other aspects to think of, mm. uh, you know, do you have enough budgets for it? You know, does it make sense? You know, is it pretty close to what the competition is doing? You know, you just don't want to just change one alphabet or just change one word, you know, to what your competition is doing. Right? Hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, be aware of all the aspects around you, but at the same time, stay true to what in the long term, right? I mean, domains are not something that, you know, you want to buy today and then again, you want to change in the next two years. I mean, it's a long-term commitment, right? So be aware of the fact that will how... How do you see your product or your brand to evolve, at least if not in the next five years, but at least for the next three years, right? Mm. So do you have that roadmap in place, right? I mean, what are the things that you're willing to do and what are the things that you will never do, you know, as a 
as, as a brand or as a business. Be yeah. aware of all those things and then go and invest, right? Because it's a pretty long-term investment, even if it's not, if not in terms of money, but I think it's in terms of, you know, that uh, the association with, with that domain, right? I mean, it's not going to go anywhere, anywhere, you know, anywhere, anytime soon. So just be aware of all those aspects. Definitely. I completely agree with you on that. We we kind of touched on, on brand fragmentation and, and changing um and and how people get stuck in their ways uh, in a way. Um and you talk about on your website um incoherent and broken customer experience. And and you mentioned about like it could be images that are not matching somewhere or or it could be different communication but, but I have that similar question with with most of my guests um, because I've, I've experienced it myself it's kind of like I can help people act on something and do better on something in my case it's the main names when they know they have a problem but right. a lot of people don't realize they have a problem so in your case how would somebody know um, they should come to you and they have a problem what would be some signs, let's say? Right. No, I think you just hit the nail right there, Tatiana. I think most of us, you know, they do, you don't even realize that you have a broken customer experience, you know, till, till it's too late, mm. right? Unless, uh, you know, you are, and that's especially true if you're a, a fast-growing startup, right? Um, if you are a well-established business, you know, there are, you know, because you are so spread out and you have multiple channels, right? So there would be, small incident reports coming in from, you know, different departments or different people, right, across, spread across the organization. But if you're a fast-growing startup, you know, the chances are that you may not even know, you know, if you have a broken customer experience, right? I mean, you would probably only realize it once, you know, uh, whenever you have that review meeting or you're, you know, you're reviewing, you're reviewing your analytics and you suddenly see that there is a drop or why there is a mismatch, right? I mean, why are people coming to my landing pages, clicking on the ads, but why are we not converting, you know, enough leads? Why are we not capturing enough leads? You know, why are the, why is the funnel broken, right? I mean, why is instead of, you know, the inverted funnel, why is it, you know, like out of place somewhere? Mm -hmm. uh, it's only then that people realize that, you know, let's just review everything. Uh, my the way I look at it is it's pretty simple, right? Uh, most of the problems they start when people or departments or individuals, you know, they work in isolation, right? As long as, you know, you don't have an aligned, uh, you know, uh, an alignment in terms of, you know, what is that we are, you know, set to achieve, you know, with this, you know, with this campaign or with this product launch or brand launch or feature launch, it could be anything, right? I mean, it could be as small as that, or it could be as big as the brand launch. It doesn't matter. But as long as teams are aligned, right? And they know exactly what are the KPIs that they're working for. Um, and if there is a, uh, you know, if there's a repository of all that needs to be done, correct? And if there is one single source of information or one single source of truth, I think that itself, you know, kind of, you know, uh, takes away a lot of, uh, you know, operational, uh, you know, errors, you know, that would lead to customer, broken customer experience. Mm -hmm. so that is one. Second is what at a strategic level, you know, what is it that you want to do? Right. Uh, and what most of what I, you know, tell my clients, I mean, it is all common sense. You know, I'll be very honest. It's not something, you know, very rocket science, you know, where I'm discovering new things. You know, I, what I'm doing is I'm just asking them pretty simple questions, right? Uh, they show me a, a beautiful, you know, banner ad. And my next question is, you know, 
what happens if i click on this ad you know you go to a certain landing page now does the language on your ad match with the language of your landing page right i mean do you have the same visual you know do you have the same call to action do you have same you know reasons to believe on your landing pages as well and if you do what happens if i actually fill up the form right and what kind of an email do i get right mm-hmm. and now because you have so much of rich information about me as a user how are you uh, you know how are you leveraging that to give me a a pretty smooth seamless you know onboarding experience or nurturing experience right mm-hmm. i mean these are just simple things you know which are often overlooked uh, oh, yeah. at the expense of you know just you know we want to do something cool we want to do something different right i mean uh, i think the the success lies in doing the boring things you know perfectly well so mm-hmm. as to you know deliver that customer experience but you don't have to do anything fancy you know me as a user the least i am expecting out of you is to communicate with me effectively at every time right i mean i want you to tell me what i am supposed to do or i want you to tell me if you know if i'm doing something wrong or so on and so forth right and my expectations are pretty limited as a user mm-hmm. uh, don't overcomplicate it you know and in the process you know you have four different tools talking to each other through via an automation tool you know which like incidentally would break if there is too much of a traffic or if you know someone somewhere has done a bad job of you know integrating that tool and then the entire you know the customer experience breaks so it's pretty simple uh, and it's surprising to me that you know how very few people would you know uh, pay attention to this uh, like it's it's almost surprising to me yeah Oh no, I, I can totally relate to that. And sometimes even like big companies, uh, you like you can get blown away with the sort of things that they, the hoops they get you through to, and and the stuff they get you to either fill in more than once the same information. Like you know that about me already or other things that they would suggest you stuff that, that that's completely irrelevant. You've already said it's just crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. And so big companies get to, to those things wrong, little and smaller companies, I can imagine. True that. Yeah. What stage does one have to be with their business to, to, to benefit from your services the most? Because you said like, for example, like your processes, you, you go through an existing uh, customer experience. Would somebody, for example, benefit from consulting you before they go developing that process? Right. Um, that's a great question. Uh, so the way a work your brand, you know, works is, you know, there are two, you know, there are two ways that I usually, I usually work with, you know, uh, work with brands. Uh, one is, uh, brand you know a startup you know which has actually found its product market fit and they would they would have at least say 25 to 100 paying customers depending on what your product or your service is right uh, somebody if 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 they are raising funds so somebody who is in the lookout for raising their series a so that is a very good indication that they have found their product market fit they have at least 100 paying customers and they have a fixed arr um, and you know they are looking to scale their you know customer base or their customer acquisition right and that is the time when most of these things fall because till then it is you know probably one person managing the entire thing but mm-hmm. then suddenly if you increase the scope exponentially you know it's it's just not one person that right? i mean the chances are that they would either outsource their services to someone or they would hire a team to do it correct and that's where things start to fall apart mm-hmm. uh, so i think that is to me that's 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 an ideal 
you know custom profile for me and those are the kind of people i think that i add the most amount of value to uh so so that would be that uh second is you know i do a lot of uh, you know one on one chats with founders uh you know of these startups you know if, if i'm not doing at a business level i do it you know uh with the founders as well where uh they would often you know want to discuss some ideas you know or they would want to discuss some doubts that they would have about a certain product feature or certain campaign idea or whatever it is right which they may not uh you know really want to talk to their team about or they are just you know into minds themselves to decide uh so i essentially kind of you know just step in as the sounding board right i mean and it's just not marketing right i mean if they really want to talk about uh, like i have had a few conversations where you know i have spoken to the founder about uh, the how to how to communicate culture more effectively to the new hires right i mean i have spoken mm-hmm. to somebody who was planning to hire a tech co-founder and he did not know you know he had spoken to a few people and he did not know what are you know some of the qualities that he should look for you know and he was like he had his own biases you know and how to overcome that so there are those bunch of conversations with i think founder is more con- more comfortable uh you know talking to someone outside of the system you know probably comes with no bias or no judgment towards anything uh you know i think they probably feel more comfortable with that so so i think yeah i think if 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 a business is in any of those fronts i think that's where i am able to add most value to anything sure great um what because you spoke to you, you just said you spoke to quite a bit of Uh, quite a lot of entrepreneurs both on right. the consulting side and and also solving problems with them what sort of trends do you do you notice that that would be impacting the the decisions uh the branding decisions businesses make today uh i think top of the mind you know which comes to my mind and you know which i've been thinking a lot lately is you know and we, we touched upon few of them you know earlier that uh you know how does a brand really you know think beyond themselves you know and think about customer first right i mean right from you know who what are the values that your customers are looking for and what are the things that if you can you know just probably you know crystal gaze uh into the future and you know identify you know what are the two or three things you know which probably are at a very macro level right now right but you know for a fact that you know probably in the next two years you know those things you know or those values would become more important correct uh you know a very classic you know case in point was this entire uh you know uh, diversity right mm-hmm. now uh, uh inclusion and diversity has always been in all the conversations for you know as many years but it's only in the last you know i think last eight or 10 years that you know it's it's really been pushed across all the channels right i mean it's not just on the marketing side but also how do you you know which vendors do you engage with right i mean who are the people that you partner with and so on and so forth right so if you as a business if you as a brand are not anticipating what may happen uh, you know you're always be playing the catch up game and you will never be ahead of the curve you know where you are seen as more proactive a uh, brand or a brand you know which has got its ear to the ground they was listening to customer sentiments and was responding to it proactively uh so i think uh you know the that is increasingly be- has become more important and i think it will become even more important as we progress further second aspect of it i think is uh, and we all been talking about it uh is the impact of artificial intelligence right uh you know as a as a business uh 
if you're a startup in the field of you know if you are a web3 startup or if you're a you know startup in you know any of those web3 ecosystem you know be it blockchain or be it a wallet or be it, you know whatever it is uh how are you staying you know uh, how how are you you know not crossing the line of you know which is a very thin line between you know being in the tickle or you know how do you you know how do you convey what your true intentions are to your customers right i think that is going to be more and more important right i mean uh, if you've seen the results that stable diffusion you know is delivering right now which are like probably i think 100 times better than what they were about you know 6 months back you know mm. which value was producing absolutely yeah I think the improvements in AI now will be exponential, right? Even if it is like 0.1% difference, I think the result or the outcome that we're going to see, I think those will be much more exponential than what we've been seeing, right? Mm-hmm. And there will be a lot of conversation around like, you know, who would own the intellectual properties, right? I mean, is it the the owners of the original data sets, you know, who created that content or me as a creator who is using that data set, you know, and creating something of my own, correct? Mm-hmm. So, increase. and you would see that trend i mean there is ai who's creating images for you there is an ai which you know there, there are tools which are doing uh rendition uh you know architectural renders for you there are tools which are writing copy for you and so on and so forth right so as a brand how are you leveraging the technology in the most ethical way uh and i think third is again you know uh, coming back to customer experience right i mean in such a fragmented uh, you know world that we are going to get into how do you you know ensure that you are delivering that consistent and constant customer experience across all the channels i think uh, that is something which is of more interest to me and uh, finally i think marketing in some years you know will essentially be a by product to the customer experience that you are providing and not you know right now is the other way around right i mean marketing i see yeah. drives customer experience right but i think as we progress further and that's my prediction uh is in the next 5 years i think marketing would end up being a by product of a larger customer experience strategy that any brand would think of right uh so yeah i think those are the few you know thoughts and discussions that i i i am been having with a lot of uh, people that i speak to right now uh That's very interesting you mentioned and and as we were speaking I was thinking as well because we touched on as well on authenticity and how a brand effectively you can just say things nowadays and put pretty pictures you 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 have to literally not just the brand has to live it but like inside out everything like the the founders the people that work there there's information everywhere everybody's walking around with their phones so uh, like if you say i'm brand that stand for that literally you know the 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 least important employee you have in their dog they have to stand for that as well and they have to oblige to you know that those values and they have to be subjected to those values as well like you you, you have to you can't say you know i'm for equality and have some somebody who is working there who you know clearly is not equally paid as the rest etc and that very much matches um or works with what you're saying that effectively in a way it used to be that um marketing and branding as part of it was you know the big bosses get in a room and make the decisions and then we decide okay that's the image we're going to give to the world and now it's it's going to be like okay, that's the image we need to have and the people we need to employ and the people we need to be if we want to survive in this space 
Right. I think you touched upon a very important part of it, right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, if brand today is not just, you know, what you represent externally, right? I mean, it's got to do, you know, with what you represent internally as well, right? I mean, and you've, you know, you've kind of, you know, just touched upon that pretty well that, you know, your employees are your biggest ambassadors, right? I mean, if your employees don't believe in you, I mean, we have seen what's happening in big tech, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people, you know, living for the cause, which has not been supported, what they believe in. Uh, I think, you know, increasingly that will, you know, possibly percolate to other industries and other categories and, you know, and other geographies as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's a pretty important aspect as well. Yeah. Now we we live in interesting time. I guess that will be interesting to see how established big brands deal with that. Some of which are already struggling, obviously, because um, as hard as it is, as we we talk about um, helping and finding problems and solving problems for smaller businesses, it's much harder to do that on a bigger scale when you're, you know, a huge corporation with um, very established ways and structures of doing things. So I would imagine it will be interesting to see in the coming years how that shifts and and how how those big companies do. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I completely agree. They are, these are pretty interesting times and, you know, uh, what's happening around us, you know, outside of the world of, you know, marketing and branding, I think almost every other aspect, you know, uh, of our lives, uh, you know, be it geopolitical or be it, you know, uh, related to human rights, civil rights or whatever, I think uh, all these factors will play into, you know, the way brands and businesses function. I mean, it has to, you really can't, you know, kind of isolate, uh, you know, uh, you know, all these things differently, because at the end, if your customer is getting affected by any of these factors, how you as a brand cannot be affected as well and how you cannot address that. Right. I mean, all these aspects, I think, and we've seen that, right. When, uh, you know, uh, the writing is pretty clear uh, on the wall that, you know, oh, yeah. brands, either brands have taken sides or they have not, they have not stood for certain they causes and they have. They don't have to, to stay neutral now. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm a living example. I mean, I'm, and my kids are even worse or better. I mean, depending on how you look at it, we, sure. we go to the shop and, and there's like, I'm not buying that brand of pasta because they are on that side of whatever issue. And and that's it. And there's no even looking at price, quality, nothing. It, it just it really doesn't matter. And and that's more and more. And again, I, I find um, looking at how kids do things, even if it sometimes seems crazy, it's very telling about where things are going in the future. Because absolutely you know, growing. Um, yeah, I, I remember my son once said. I had to send him something and I sent it and he wasn't replying. And I'm like, why are you not replying? Did you get that thing? And he's like, where did you send it? I'm like, I sent it on email. And he's like, mom, nobody uses email anymore. I'm like, okay. It's <laughs> 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 like, all right, okay. Nobody uses email anymore. You're old. <laughs> right. No, and I think if, I mean, if, if, if I'm a brand marketer right now, right. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get sleep tonight. Right. Because mm-hmm. I literally, right. I mean, if, if I really want to survive for the next 20 years, I mean, you know, these are the, you know, I, I have to see where the kids are going, right? Mm. Instead of the way we were influenced, like when we were kids, right? You know, we were sold burgers and colas as as a healthy alternative. You know, we were sold cereals as a healthy breakfast, right? I mean, mm. uh, the kids of today, they're not going to get bullied or they're not going to get brainwashed as easily as we were. Right? Because, oh, yeah. Right? I mean, uh, so I think 
for you as a brand i mean you literally have no other option but to you know be as honest as possible to be transparent as possible and be willing to show what's under the hood right i mean be willing to show for example if you're a manufacturer and be willing to show your manufacturing facilities you know be willing to share the numbers of you know uh, what is your diversity percentage right i mean and how you are being true to it uh, you know how are you you know if you pledge for a climate you know uh, whatever a climate pledge and be true to that right i mean and there are signs i mean it's happening right i mean you have integrated reporting you know which started you know with europe and we are now it's like most parts of the world you know you have to have an integrated reporting mm-hmm. uh, so all those signs are there uh, but as a as a brand as a business i think uh, you know all these factors around us i think they all going to have some impact or the other some probably will outweigh the others but you know be rest assured that uh, uh you know it's not just going to be an easy cake work that these guys had over the last half a century or so <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely great well it's been a pleasure and very interesting where where can our audience reach you uh so the easiest way to reach out is uh, verbyourbrand.com and uh, i'm on twitter my twitter handle is uh, swapdp it is s w a p d p and i think those are the two best ways to get in touch with me for any if anyone wants to get in touch with me wonderful all right it's been great it's been very insightful thank you for making the time thank you thanks adina thanks for having me it was pleasure having this conversation thank you Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.